right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Gators podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Goodall. Make sure to throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall. You can follow my co-host, Brandon Carroll. If you weren't here last night or yesterday, I guess, you didn't get to hear that Brandon is taking over this week as Demetrius Harvey will be out of town and unavailable to record with us and write too many stories. So it's at its Brandon or at it's B Carol on Twitter. Brandon Carroll is joining the show as the co-host. Brandon, say what's up to the people. How's it going, everybody? It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited for my second episode now and my first with just me and Zach. It's going to be a great show and I'm excited. And since Brandon's joined us for the first time, we've had press conferences from Todd Gritham and a couple of different UF players as they continue to prepare for the upcoming game against Missouri. We're going to be dissecting some comments that we got from Todd Grantham, as well as uh, quarterback Kyle Trask, as well as previewing a scheduled commitment for you're listening to this on Wednesday, so it is scheduled for today. We don't know when it's coming. You might hear this right around when it's happening or maybe after it's happened, for all we know, but we're posting this in the middle of the night to get you ready for your drive to work on Wednesday if you are driving in these COVID times. So you should have heard it by now. Uh, We're going to prepare you for the pending commitment of 2022 Lake Gibson athlete Sam McCall. So stick around with us as we get into all of these subjects. We'll start with defensive coordinator Todd Grantham. He met with the media tonight as well as a couple players. And, you know, it was the first time in a couple weeks we got to talk to him. We were supposed to talk to him just before the team went on its break due to the COVID-19 outbreak within the program. And he was asked exactly, you know, what's going on with the Gators defense? It's obviously been the team's biggest issue this year. And he said it straight up. He doesn't really think they're going to change their philosophies. This same defense is the one, not players, but Ideas, schemes, philosophies is the same one that got him to a number 10 ranking in the nation uh, during his time at Mississippi State. Uh, Same last year, at least according to him. I didn't fact check him on exactly what the rankings are, but he said number 10 two times. Uh, You know, Brandon, I know you've got some takes on it, but I've not seen the exact same schemes from him. His defensive line, when... You know, throughout the year, we've seen a lot of these interesting sets of two down linemen or maybe three down linemen. But with the additional edge rusher, they've got two weak side ends on the field, essentially, and they're not able to hold up against, you know, in the run game. It's it's been an issue. We've clearly seen some things that make us scratch our heads with what they're doing. So maybe you can explain it a little bit further. Todd Grantham says he's not going to change his philosophies due to the issues that's going on, but it seems like. You know, his philosophies aren't necessarily intact this year in the first place. Well, yeah, we're looking at Todd Grantham, who I did just look it up. Florida was seventh overall in total defense last year, according to pro uh, or college football reference. So, you know, he does have a claim for the philosophies that he has used in the past do work. Um, However, this season, uh, they're coming in at a mere... uh, Hold on, I, I actually, I just lost it. But anyways, they're not producing on the field as as well as they have in the past. They're, they're ranked 93rd in total defense this season. And we're seeing, in my opinion, we're seeing a team that has been built on the idea of, um, you know, aggression and of really getting after the quarterback and uh, utilizing players that, 
you know, like like uh, Mamou Diabate, for example. Last year we saw him kind of pin his ears back and get after the passer. This year he's being used in a bit uh, in a way at that outside linebacker position in coverage and things like that. So we're not seeing the same uh, not seeing the same type of aggression that we have from uh, Grantham in terms of pa- uh, pass blitzing and uh, things like that, which is really plaguing this Gators defense because that's what he's set up this roster to be. He set it up to be one that doesn't only rush for um, every, you know, every single down he, he's made it to where they can bring uh, those five and six, maybe even sometimes seven or eight uh, players to get to that quarterback um, and just letting the rest um, kind you know, the guys on the outside take control of the players they are having to cover downfield and, so far this season, we haven't seen that, and I think that plays into uh, a bit of him. I would say it kind of plays into him being, I don't want to say cocky, but knowing that his he has talent on that side of the football and not really uh, doing the things that have become characteristic of him in the past. He mentioned when I asked him about freshmen that he doesn't necessarily want to rush guys into playing because he doesn't want to hurt their confidence in case they come in and don't necessarily do things correctly. You know, I get that idea, but you're three games in. I mean, you better not be confident and you better not hope that your defense is confident in itself right now because, like, they shouldn't be confident in the level of play that they've been putting out there on the field. And at this point... I really do question what do they have to lose by putting some of their younger guys out there that haven't played yet, especially for when you've got games coming up that you know are going to make or break your season like the Georgia game. And when you need to get guys prepared in instances where you've got COVID popping up and, you know, suddenly maybe a starter's down that you couldn't have predicted, but we still see COVID cases popping up. Even after the outbreak, they added six to their monthly count just today. So I don't see the issue with playing freshmen. What do you think? Well, I don't see an issue with playing freshmen either. And specifically, he said that he would rather play them a week late than a week early uh, from a developmental standpoint. Well, obviously what he's put on the field to this point has not been what is best for this football team. And as a result, it looks like as if this might be two weeks, three weeks late instead of, you know, it, it, he he's willing to, to you know, play some guys like Travez Johnson or uh, um, you know some of the younger talents that Florida has, but he's not playing the ones that necessarily would be beneficial to this defensive unit. Um, you know, guys like uh, Derek Wingo, for example, or um, some other talents that they did bring in in this last class. And so I'm seeing Grantham uh, once again kind of be stubborn in the way that he operates and not willing to listen to new ideas of sorts. And that that's just from what I gathered from some of his comments and things, not to, you know, try to throw all of the blame on Grantham, but schematically, you know, from a rotational standpoint, things just aren't getting done the way they have been at Florida for, you know, really the past decade and a half on defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. And, you know, I don't want to call him cocky or anything like that, but it does seem like he's kind of stuck in his ways. Yeah, it's not the time, man. You you might have had the number seven defense last year, but that was last year. I think any any player will tell you that 
you know, in the NFL, you're not getting paid based off of what you've done. You're getting paid based off of what you can provide and what you're going to do. And having the what's their defense right now? Did you say they're, they're ranked ninety third? And here's a here's a bit of a tidbit for Gator fans out there. They're ranked one behind the other team in this state that we do not that Florida does not play this year. In Florida State, who has allowed four hundred ninety point five yards per game to this point. F. Yes. Not very big F. Yeah. Not great, man. Definitely not one where you should be uh, making excuses and saying that your ways work because they're very clearly not working right now. It's something that the Gators are going to have to figure out as they get back into action this week against Missouri and moving forward. When we come back, we're going to be getting into our next little bit of quote breakdowns and that coming with quarterback Kyle Trask, what he had to share with us when he spoke with the media tonight about the offense, you know, getting back into shape and on a roll quickly after two weeks off football. Do you guys ever feel as though you're always on? Don't you want just a moment to relax and chill? It's been difficult this year, especially with everything going on, social issues and the expectations to be on 24-7 with families and friends. Sometimes you need a breather, and especially with the Gators this season, it can be stressful. That's why Coors Light is the perfect cold one to open up. Saturdays are a time to chill. Watching Florida football and relaxing with Coors Light that's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, literally made to chill. I personally love the refreshing taste. It makes me chill out, relax a little bit, and enjoy the day. I know one thing. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and a new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You know, I've been trying to get back in the gym recently, but I just couldn't figure out what to do after. Sure, I can just make a protein shake, but that's annoying. It doesn't always taste good and it can be time consuming. That's why I've started to eat Build Bars right after my workout. Not only do they taste amazing, but they are incredibly healthy with 19 grams of protein in the peanut butter flavor. I can't go wrong. Now, I'm not a keto guy myself, but it's a low-calorie, low-sugar profile that makes it easier for any of you out there that are. Right now, you can go to BuildBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuildBar.com. Kyle Trask was one of... Three players, I believe, that met with us tonight. Uh, yesterday, I guess. Uh, when we had a second media gathering for the first time in a while with the Florida Gators as they prepare to take on the Missouri Tigers this upcoming Saturday. And you know, the first thing that I wanted to ask Kyle Trask when he got up to the podium was just, you know, what he thought about being out of football for two weeks. Could that affect how good Florida's offense has been. We just talked a bunch about their defense and how bad that's been, but we all know how good the Florida Gators offense has been. Scoring more than anyone in the nation in terms of, you know, their scoring percentage per drive. It's just they're they're crazy efficient. They can move the ball at will through the passing game as we've talked about. And Trask doesn't think that these two weeks off will really end up hurting the team. Brandon, do you agree with that? I can agree with that, at least from an offensive standpoint, uh, really from a defensive standpoint as well. But just specifically with Trask, I think that, you know, there might be a few bumps to start out this Missouri game. 
Um, just considering a two-week hiatus in the middle of the season is not ideal, no matter which way you look at it. It's especially when that involves no in-person football activities for that time period. I mean, they just returned to the practice field this past Monday um, after being out for you know two weeks, and but for the most part, I think that this offense was in such a rhythm that it won't take long for them to get back into the rhythm that they were that they were rolling with. Um, you know, when they did ultimately fall to Texas A&M in their last game. But uh, overall, I think that this offense is uber talented. I think that they, you know, just present so many matchup problems with the guys on the field. And at the end of the day, no matter how much time off, no one's going to be just because, you know, they haven't been in the in the facility the past two weeks doesn't mean anyone's going to be able to magically figure out how to cover a guy like Kyle Pitts. You know, it's just it's not going to happen, which ultimately makes me believe that uh, while there may be, a, you know, a, an adjustment period within the beginning of this game, they find that stride once again uh, throughout the rest and get back to really the point that they left off with uh, when they had to go on their break of sorts um, just two weeks ago. But see, that's where my biggest issue could be. And while I do agree that it shouldn't be as big an issue for the offense, we all know you said maybe it takes them a little bit just to get back into it at the start of the game. Yeah. It's all Todd Grantham's defense needs to give up some points. You know, all Florida needs to do is punt or not score, or maybe even just score a field goal across their first two or three drives, maybe just two drives even. But if Missouri could capitalize on that, Florida's not found a way to, you know, I don't know if I'm confident Florida can necessarily climb back into it with a defense like the one they fielded throughout the year this year. And, you know, like we've said before, Missouri presents some issues that Florida certainly could struggle with defensively. And at that point, you know, I'm definitely more concerned than I think the average fan is about this game. I know that you are too, and I know some others are as well, but like I am, if I were a Florida fan, I would, this is, I, I the, rightfully so, the Georgia game is the make or break game, but this is the one that would have me kind of shaking. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially considering the fact that they weren't even supposed to play this weekend. It, it kind of got shifted into that, you know, as a uh, late NFL would say, got flexed into this Halloween night game. Um, and so it's just kind of, it, it's kind of foreign territory. Um, it, it, because it's ne- this has never happened before, so it's kind of I feel as if it's difficult to really get a true feel for how everything's going to work out. Obviously, like you said, um, the defense uh, could continue to plague a Florida's off a Florida offense that has been a national powerhouse since this season began. They have quickly asserted themselves as a not just a talented unit this season, but a team that had you know has an opportunity to, you know, go down in history because of what they were able to do in scoring the football with Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony, the running back group with Damian Pierce, Malik Davis, just guys all over the field lining up um, for this Dan Mullen to utilize. And we've seen, you know, him and Brian Johnson put together some incredible packages that have resulted in so many points for Florida to this point. Um, ultimately, I do think that there is a – growing concern at least within me for how um missouri presents itself um just because 
Missouri is a team that does anything great, but they do a lot of little things good. And I think that is what Drinkwitz, uh, if I'm saying that right, is it has instilled within them in his first season as that Missouri head coach. That's a good strategy to have as a first-year head coach, just finding the little things and making sure that they're all done well, and that'll win you games. That's like what we're seeing at uh, Arkansas as well with Sam Pittman. Yeah. yeah. I, Which is another game that yeah. uh, you know Florida could struggle with just because you know they're going to be facing a guy who's going to be super motivated in Felipe Franks. And then Pittman, he's uh, you know, he could be a candidate for one of the, you know, breakout coach just because of what he's been able to do with the historically, at least in the past, what, seven, eight years, historically bad Arkansas team. Yeah, without a doubt. And Florida will be coming off of a potentially, well, not even potentially, very tough, potentially rough game against Georgia. Yes. So yes. This is – Missouri, Georgia, Arkansas, the defining stretch of Florida season, just like we all could have predicted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Just easily, easily, easily predictable. You know, something, there's something that might be a little easier to predict, and it's something within recruiting. And we're going to talk about it when we come back from this quick break. We're going to be talking about a 2022 cornerback who's set to make his decision today, if you're listening to this, tomorrow when we're recording this. That being Sam McCall out of Lake Gibson. He's someone that I've gotten to talk to about his recruiting in the past month or so. Uh, someone that is a big-time target for Florida. And we'll find out where he's going today, but we're going to make a prediction about it first here on Locked on Gators after these messages. So Sam McCall out of Lake Gibson. He's a tall corner. He's 6'2", 185. Uh, he's a guy that likes to come down. He likes to jam you and press, even if he's playing zone. Something that he says, you know, when he told me, he likes that about Florida's scheme, not that we're seeing a ton of press happening this year as we've all seen the cornerbacks playing so far off at times where it can really hurt. But in general, it's what Florida likes to do, and he's a fan of it. He's a priority target for them. He's a guy that wants to play offense a little bit as well. And I know that Billy Gonzalez and Dan Mullen have talked to him about that, just as Nick Saban and the coaching staff at Alabama have talked to him about that for the Crimson Tide. With that being said, you know, he had a top two of Florida and Alabama months ago. He expanded it to three and then he got it to four with uh, Oklahoma and Florida State joining along the way. I feel pretty confident myself in saying that this one's still down to Florida and Alabama. Brandon, from what you've seen of McCall, whether he ends up a Gator or a member of the Crimson Tide, what do you think he could bring to the Gators' defense? Because I, I know that they're primarily looking at him at quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a dude that not only uh, is a stud on the defensive side of the ball at corner. He's just an athlete, dude. He is a full-on, you know, he is just the prototypical guy in high school that plays, you know, multiple positions. And when I say multiple, that means, you know, more than one on offense, more than one on defense, and he plays on special teams, and he excels in all three facets of the game. Um, defensively specifically, I think he has, you know, uh, uh, with his frame, um, he is able to jam receivers at the line very easily. Like you said, he loves to play uh, with physicality, which is something, um, you know, I think he's 
very physical, uh, especially for someone his size. He's able to kind of overpower a lot of the guys um, he'll be facing in the SEC at that um, at that wide receiver position. Um, but what I think he brings to a team like Florida or uh, Alabama is just a guy that can not only play very well in coverage, but he's a candidate to take one to the house if he ever gets his hands on it. And a guy that electric that can, with the ball in his hands, obviously we've seen his wide receiver background while playing at Lake Gibson. Um, he is a, he is someone that can, he, he's, he's a threat. He, if he gets the football in his hands, the stadium is going to be holding their breath because there is a chance that he takes it to the house, which is something Florida specifically has been lacking um, the past, what, two seasons, three seasons, maybe um, outside of the, you know, the Brad Stewart interception against LSU that sealed the game. Uh, maybe a fumble here or there, the return against uh, Vanderbilt from Grenard pops into my head. Um, other than that, the, I feel like defensive scoring hasn't been as prominent as it once was, but um, you know, McCall is a guy that can bring that back. Obviously this is in 2022, kind of a different, it, it, it's going to be a different defense, a different unit by then, just because we're going to see guys move on. The younger talent's going to get put in um, hopefully sooner than later. Uh, if I'm a, if I'm a Florida fan, but in general, McCall would be a huge land for the skaters coaching staff, just because he, he, he's a talented a talented guy that can be used in so many different ways, which is something we continue to see from Florida. Lake Gibson even uses him as a wildcat quarterback. And he told me, I mean, I didn't get to see him run it. I don't have a laser on me, but he told me he improved his 40 time from 4.5 to something in the low 4.4s this offseason. So for a 6'2", 185 corner that can run that fast, you know, that sounds like a guy that can come in and compete for some early playing time, especially in a wide variety of roles. He is down to four schools right now. Uh, I, Like I said, I, I think it's two. I think it's Florida and I think it's Alabama. When it comes to picking a school, you know, I don't want to ruin a kid's decision. He's definitely not told me or anything. But I personally think Florida's got the edge here. I know that he is extremely close with Torian Gray, who is recruiting him and he would play for um, at cornerback. He is... I'm pulling up my old story now to get the exact details correct, but he and um, his Torian Gray's brother is a big part of the McCall family. Apparently they're very close. They stay together sometimes in which case he and Torian have grown very close, almost like family members over time, in which case, you know, the Lakeland area connection uh, to Florida being in-state, having that connection, having the ability to play on both sides of the ball and probably play early if any of these signs point to something, I like the chances that McCall ends up being a Gator. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Just from the fact that a relationship is so important for a lot of these kids coming out of, you know, high school going to that place that could set them up. I know, uh, you know, a lot of people like to use the term, it's not a four-year decision, it's a 40-year decision. Uh, you know, it brings more than just of what they're going to do in college. Um, obviously, Alabama has been spectacular in getting players into the NFL. Um, but you look at Florida, they've been near just as talented. Um, obviously, it's kind of fell off in recent years. Um, but still, they're, they're getting DBs into the uh, you know NFL uh, with, with the best of them. Torian Gray 
is an excellent coach to, you know, go and play for. And with that previous connection that the two have, I see it as uh, Gators being a team to beat, obviously with it being tomorrow or today um, it, for those listening, it, it is a, it, it, that time for Alabama or Florida to beat each other is over. Uh, he has his decision made and, you know, he should either be announcing soon um, or already announced or n- announcing right now. Who, who, who knows? So it is uh, going to be an interesting thing to follow. And I think he does end up uh, choosing to take his talents to Gainesville and rep the orange and blue for the next three to four years once he graduates high school. Best of luck to him as he makes his decision. Uh, really nice kid, him along with uh, fellow defensive back at Lake Gibson, Javante McClendon, who is a Gators target, and some other kids there. It's a very, very talented program, and McCall is, in my opinion for sure, the best of the bunch. Uh, would be a heck of a grab for Florida as they start to focus on the class of 2022 with the class of 2021 starting to finalize. And I think that'll just about do it for us here today on this episode of Lockdown Gators. Make sure to go follow myself at Zach underscore Goodall. Uh, you can follow Brandon at It's B Carol. You can find my absent co-host Demetrius Harvey at Demetrius82. But last but not least, make sure to go and follow at Locked on Gators. Subscribe, leave a rating and review. You can listen to us just about anywhere you can listen to podcasts. You can listen to Locked on Gators. So make sure to you know go leave those five-star reviews letting us know what you like and don't like about the show so we can continue to improve. And with that, we'll catch up with you guys next time.